This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, since I was with you last week, we had another foot of snow here in Colorado and uh, broke all kinds of branches and everything else here, but did not break the spirit of authors and uh, what we're doing. And we just came off the extravaganza. So I thought I'd do a solo show with you today and just really talk about uh, some of the highlights that I picked up in the sessions that I could go through. There are over 20, 20 of them. So I couldn't get into all of them. But certainly I was there for some of the main ones that were done. And I know I kicked it off with just starting off with the business of publishing, understanding what you needed to do if you were really serious about being in this thing called publishing. And, you know, I think maybe I'll go through some of those key elements because this is something that a lot of authors just don't think about. They're, they think, oh, I'm going to have a book. I'm going to have a book. And that's it. And it is consistent with with most authors out here today is they think that all they need is their books and the hordes of crowds will come and find them. And that's just not the way it is. You have to be prepared to market, market, market. The reality is how long do you have have to market your books well the question is how long do you want to have sales and if you want to have sales basically in perpetuity you are going to be doing this in perpetuity but there are business elements that you really need to understand and get it that this really is a business so whatever your state that you're in if you're in the United States if you're outside of the United States as you listen to this you know your countries will have respective requirements to establish you as a business and you need to follow whatever those guidelines are I'm home based in Colorado so I start with the state of Colorado and I will register with the state the name of my publishing company uh, I will obtain a federal tax ID number for tax reporting purposes as we go on. And that for the United States, you can just go to irs.gov and you want to get form SS4 and apply. It's, it's really fairly simple. It can all be done. You need to make a consideration. Are there any trademarks that you need to uh, protect uh, what you have? Maybe you have something really unique, maybe something within your book, your product, your books. Uh, is there something unique about the name of your publishing company or even you? Those kind of things you might want to consider. Remember, you're not going to your, your title of your book. Authors always get this uh, mixed up. That's not copyrightable. That is the content, and that is different from trademarking. 
after you have your uh, your ISBNs, which is what you want to go, and I'm going to tell you where you should go. Every country again is going to be different. They are licensed uh, through uh, th- uh, Bowker has the license in the United States, and each country sets them up. They're going to be different prices all over the place. But if you're in the United States domestically, we go to my identifiers myidentifiers.com and that way you will get that it's it's, it's uh, i d e n t i f i e r s and then my in front of it myidentifiers.com you can buy one or you can buy a dozen a 10 or you can buy a 100 or 500 or a 1000 um, but definitely get in my opinion you should have 10 cuz i'm thinking of ebooks and i know that amazon doesn't require an isbn for ebook but other people do and one of the smart things to do is when you write your book uh, and you're in layout on the copyright page, I would recommend that you have the ISBN. If you have a hard, if you're doing a case-bound hardback, you're going to have an ISBN for that. If you're going to do a paper, you're going to have an ISBN for that. If you're going to do an E, you'll have an ISBN for that. You see how you can move over it. If you buy one one ISBN, you could be paying 150 bucks or so. A two is going to bring it in at around uh, two. I think it's two ninety five now. Two seventy five, two ninety five, and then it starts getting discounted. Sometimes you can see de- see, uh, see deals. Now here's a suggestion: if you really are just putting your toe in the water, um, the and I and I've had we've done previous radio shows, and I would go through the author you your guide to uh, book publishing format and scroll down the shows because the one I did. Uh, not too long ago with Robin Cutler, who is the senior manager and the uh, the visionary for Ingram Spark. They actually have a deal where they will sell them for $87, which is far less than the Bowker, and they will register it in your name. So that's just kind of an inside stealth tip to know about. Business-wise, do you have a website for your publishing company? And even though I'm not going to recommend you operate off of your web, the uh, uh, imprint publishing company, that I would have that redirected toward your personal website, the brand, you're the brand. I've always believed the author is the brand, and you come off of that. But you can redirect everything to go in that line. But it's a good idea that if you have the, the to pick up the name of your website uh, for uh, of your imprint or your name of your publishing company. You want to have a bank account. That's why you need the tax ID number. And if you're opening up an account with Amazon, that you're going to want that paid to your publishing company. That's why you want that tax ID number. And one of the things I'm going to recommend really, really right from the get-go here is that you need to really start thinking website, 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 and website from early on as well as how am I going to market this? Where's my target market and how do I drill down and get to it? So with that, that on your website, what's the content? And you start developing your content, you know, from your blog. You want to have a media page. Uh, if, you, if you're going to be speaking, if, you want, if your desire is to speak or consult, you want to have a specific tab related to that. Um, and then, you, you know, a store page, so where you would have information on your book. And one of the things I would encourage you on the upper section of your website, your banner, that you come up with a tagline. Of some sort. So if 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 
you know, my name is, you know, my name is Judith Bryles. So underneath and my website is The Book Shepherd. And then you'll see Judith Bryles on it. And, and we're just in the process, actually, of doing a redesign on my website. So go take a look and see, watch it as it evolves. But it's, it's you've got at the top and it's it's practical publishing guidance for authors and writers. So it's it's that that's what my tag is, practical publishing, you know, guidance for authors and writers. And you want to if and also, and we'll talk a little bit later about this in the show, but how important it is to really label yourself as an expert. If you were to go into Google and you go into the search terms that people look for when they are seeking help, expert is hugely used. So what kind of expert? I'm a, I'm a book publishing expert. What kind of expert are you? And I'm going to encourage you to get that in your social media profiles from the get-go, whether it's Pinterest, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you, you name it. Get your expertise so you start getting labeled because they will start, start searching. And for clout measures, that's the K-L-O-U-T, they actually are start identifying what the constant things they, they are paying attention to, what hashtags you use. They It pays attention to your profile and actually starts putting labels out there on you. So you want to take advantage of that. And by the way, if any of you are on Wikipedia um, and I know I'm on Wikipedia. As soon as I linked Wikipedia to my clout page, uh, K-L-O-U-T dot com, and I put it, started putting it on the profiles of Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, et cetera, that, uh, that it automatically started goosing up my overall clout score. And for searchability... That's important. Why is searchability important? That findability factor? Because that if you've got a topic, if your expertise is in gizmos and gadgets that uh, propel the dynamics of creative toy making for children 7 to 10, you know, I mean, something off the wall, whatever, whatever it is, that you, you use hashtags that will bring it into that, but with that expert label that comes along. And if someone is doing a, a media uh, whether it's a TV or a radio, a magazine, a um, newspaper, you fill in, you know, whatever it is, they actually aggressively look through the hashtag uh, registers of who's using what, who owns what. For example, I own the author you hashtag. They will be looking for those things and the predominance of what's being used, and you could be reached out as becoming an expert that they would want to feature. So this is all part of your business presence that you're you're thinking about. It ties in a little bit with marketing, but you want to make sure that you incorporate that in your profiles, which is definitely the business side of that. Um, and then on the other side of your business, for your um, information, I would encourage you that when you go to print for your book, that I always want to see the authors I work with under my um, umbrella as the book shepherd is that I make sure they have an about the author page. I like to see a picture on it. 
Um, and I want to see the connectors of what are their social media so they can reach over. This is not a resume of where you went to school, what degrees you have. Please stay away from that. This moves into what you do for people, what value you bring to them. Um, what pain can you really, you know, relieve with the information of your expertise? Or are you an entertainer and the genre which with you entertain within? The other thing that if you are open for uh, as a consultant or a professional speaker, please make sure you have a separate page is how to work with blah, blah, blah. How to work with Sam Jones, how to work with Susan Meredith, um, whatever your name is. And again, what you do as a consultant, what you do as a speaker, maybe a couple of your key topics, anything in that line. Okay, we're going to keep digging into this. We're going to jump into another topic as we go to each segment. This is Judith Bryles. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. We'll be right back. is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these many of us have dreamed of writing a book some of us even have then the hard work starts you'll need an editor who will design the cover or typeset the pages who will format the ebook if you're a business owner, consultant, or coach with a serious message and expertise to share, the team of experts at 1106 Design can guide you through the maze. They've helped more than a 1,000 authors create top-quality books and avoid the not-so-reputable self-publishing companies. Learn more at 1106design.com. Then call Michelle at 602-866-3226. 1106design. Is there a book in you or another? Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author You is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join Author You today through its website at authoru.org. Follow Author You on Twitter at Author You and on Facebook at Author You, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. Author You, where the author goes to become seriously successful. Impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. 
Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, we just came off the extravaganza, and it was great fun listening to the role of our sponsors, our great sponsors. Michelle uh, DeFlippo of Level 6 Design was there offering all kinds of goodies and tidbits and takeaways. And Nick Zellinger of NZ Graphics was there, and we'll actually he did a whole session called Nuggets for Newbies. And I'll go over some of those tips in just a few minutes. Um, after I, I wanted to add in just a couple of more things on the uh, need for uh, setting up this business. And it, I, I want you all to just think visually of what a traditional organizational chart that you have seen a gazillion of in schools, whether, in, you know, in, 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 in high school where you studied business or in college or universities or even in your own organization. But basically, when you think of an organizational chart, that's your business, that this is your authoring business, and you are the CEO of it. So you start there, and then if you, you kind of look down, you have all these departments, and one is product development. So that would be books, it could be audio, it could be DVDs, it could be trainings, um, it could be uh, online courses, it could be creating speaking, um, it could be a variety of things. That is product development. Um, if you go into it, and then you know, how are you going to do it? What, what, who do you need to bring this all off and put it together? You have another division is your manufacturing division, and that would could be your covers, your interior design, who who does the printing, um, where are you going to have your you know, your warehousing? Probably would be with sales, but but manufacturing are those key components, putting the product together. And, and so you have it in hand packaged. And then you have to look at marketing, which is going to be huge in anything you do. And how are you going to market your products? What are you going to do pre, during, post? What kind of support do you need? And then you have another division of your company, which is called the sales side. And that's, you know, what are you going to do for distribution? What kind of support do you need in there? What about fulfillment? How are you going to do orders? And then there's the, the final one, which is called the money one, the finance. So your company, and it's really important to get this from the very beginning. If you don't, if, you're, if you don't get your head around it, you're going to be in trouble. I, you know, I, I've just seen it too many times. So you want to have that pretty much laid out and think of it in that uh, arena. 
So I mentioned Nick Zellinger, who did a wonderful session on the newbies, the nuggets for newbies. And Nick has been a guest, as all my sponsors have been over the period of time. But one of the things that he talks about, and this really ties in with the business side, is how critical it is, how important it is for you to literally do a type of a game plan. Um, And I know I do that with all my clients. We do a game plan. But map out what this plan of action is going to be about. You've got to do research. It's kind of fun, I think. Um, And research means, and, and Nick is talking from the perspective of, okay, we're going to be designing here. This is the designing of the cover. Um, This is the designing of what the interior is. So uh, I I can tell you this past week, I met one of my clients at the local uh, Barnes & Noble, and we spent a couple of hours touching, feeling, looking, walking around book covers. And we went in different departments to see what was new, what what looked old, what's, what seemed really tired, um, and what colors were being used in the current season, which you'll find right away usually in the, as you walk into any bookstore, they're going to have a table of, of new arrivals. Go, go Always go to the new arrival so you can kind of see what's happening seasoning and that you want to make sure you look at the size of the fonts, how big, how big is the copy on a cover. What kind of images, if any, are they using? Um, is there any shadowing? Are there any gradient texture? What's the cover feel like? Is it is it glossy or is it matte? Is it got embossed or is it debossed? Um, is there any foil stamping? I mean, you want to bring all that in so you can start doing an imagination with your own book. I know at the Author You Extravaganza um, that because we had, what, six national printers there, that attendees were able to actually show them uh, the, the title of their book, or they can say, here's what I'm thinking about in my book. And they were able to say back to them, well, have you thought about doing this? We have this new technique that we're using, uh, kind of, or use this kind of paper, or this kind of uh, a, a stamping on the cover. So that's always very valuable, but you want to start with your research, and why not let other people who are doing it right now be at the forefront to help you out? So see what the new arrivals are doing and showing and and really look around and and getting that so it's right. Now there are mistakes that people make in interior design. So let's just talk about some of those because they are critical. Um, I have seen authors come in with Homes and my whole my whole theme really and what I'm running with this year is short is the new black. I just wrote a blog for uh, Joel Friedlander, the book designer who's been a guest several times on our show, um, that is up right and it's current right now that you can catch it. But it really deals with not only the attention spans, but also we're busy. And if anything, I mean, that technology has not reduced our time. It's actually indeed made us more productive, and it has allowed us to take on more work, which is what we have done. Americans, especially in America, we work more than almost any other country in a, a job that is in a for-pay type of environment. So what, what we want to do is when you are you, – you have so much to say that and authors are oh I I'll just say it authors fall in love with their own words and they are unwilling to be ruthless 
with their editing where they really need to cut back and do some of the things that they really need to do. And that's what's critical. There is what I call ruthless editing. I came from one of the top editors, publishers in New York that authors just don't want to do it and you need to do it. So short is the new black. Now, that means reducing the size. If you, if, if, if for novels, you, you know, fiction writers have far more leeway. But us nonfiction writers really need to bring it down and, and shorten the length of our books in what we're doing in, in that area. So don't think that you can cram more on a page by going with a smaller print. Don't do that. You want to use a good, whether it's a Garamond or, uh, you know, a huge, there's a huge amount of good uh, visual uh, displays, but don't get into a 10-point font. Please don't do that. If you're going to stick with a 12, you're going to have decent letting, that space between them. So you want them, you don't want them too small, but you don't want them too large. And that's important to understand in there. You want to make sure that your margins in an interior, you don't run them because you're trying to cram more words on a page. You don't want these margins to be teeny, that in a gutter, which is where the fold is the page, they need to be larger because the book's open and they need to have that extra space to open than your outer gutters. Um, and so you want to have them a minimum of a half inch on the outside and at least three quarters on each side of the gutters. So you're going to have a, one and a half inches across the gutter uh, on an interior design of a book. Another big mistake authors make is that they somehow they didn't think they needed page numbers. I'm not quite sure where that came from, but we do see that. And, and another one that I go after that people think I'm known as the uh, the um, uh, the, the hyphen Nazi among the, the designers, but that um, I really do go after the hyphens and that I kind of have a couple of rules. All my designers know what those, you know, they are that when I'm on a book, working on a book, and one of them involves that I don't want to see too many hyphens on a page. So I am going to be looking at um, the, the, I actually, I will count them. When we have one, I will be looking at the um, the uh, uh, if they're in a row. I, I don't want to see a hyphen opening on the first line of a page. Uh, when I see when I, I look at, for example, I've got, I'm looking at a book right now as I'm talking with you. There are there are the six lines in one paragraph. Three of them are hyphenated. Two of them in a row, and that's just it gets what we call ugly. When we start looking at them this way and you want to get away from that kind of um, scenario. The other thing is that uh, you want to be tuned into what we call orphans and, and widows. And an orphan it would be that all of a sudden you have a lone uh, line, something all by itself. You have one word that's so sitting all by a line at a top or at the bottom of the page. You want to avoid that, and you also want to avoid the scenario of the widow where it breaks up it, and all of a sudden you have a hyphenated word that carries on to the next page. I've even seen that on flaps for dust jackets. Rework your sentence so you can bring it in. Make it visually attractive. This is part of your sales 
uh, routine when you do that. When we come back, we're going to have a lot more tips. I'm going to go through a few more mistakes to avoid for interior. You're listening to Author You, your guide to book publishing. I'm Dr. Judith Bryles, and I'm your book shepherd. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Since 1987, Color House Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Color House to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing with Judith Bryles, we will provide you a discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. When Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972, they believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask coming up you'll hear more about statistics scenarios and strategies on what to do now to get you published so let's get back to the show and here again is your host dr judith bryles all right so we were talking about some of the mistakes that authors uh, traditionally make in the design arena and there, and there are a lot of them and it's certainly not um, it, 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 you're not alone because you're an indie or a self publisher uh, 
major houses do this all the time. I'm always shocked when I pick up some of the things that I do. So you want to make sure that, as I said, attitudes is a layout thing. Frankly, I think your layout person should be all over and looking at these areas when I'm talking about widows and orphans and certainly hyphens. But you're going to be rereading and going through these things. So you need to pay attention to them as well. Um, when you that's, that and, and you, you just don't want to have any hyphenations going across a gutter from one page to another, get a substitute word going in, and again, those widows and orphans as they come along. All right, so we also see some books that come out without any front or back matter. What's front matter? Oh, that could be a title page. It could be some praise. I mean, I am not a huge proponent of filling up back cover copy on a at a book cover with a bunch of endorsements that really don't have a significant meaning, really don't move a book forward in marketing. Somehow you felt you didn't know how to write the back cover copy with a marketing bent, and I would tell you, please get some help. Um, and that, or you didn't have it, that you pulled it together and you had, you know, your friend down the street or someone here that works in where you work, you know, said, love your work, and they, they write it up that way. That's not what you want. An endorsement should be someone who has clout who has recognition that is that your target market who wants the book would recognize and value. Otherwise, it's worthless. Now, should you get endorsements and blurbs? Sure. And you can put them in the front matter. And when you very commonly, you see books, uh, you see it really in the fiction line, a lot of the fiction line, that they open it up and you'll see a series of people doing shout outs for the author or for the book. You can actually put them in there. But your front matter is going to be your copyright page. It will have your ISBNs on it. It will have your Library of Congress numbers on it. It, it will have um, how to contact the publisher. It will have the year of the, uh, of the copyright. And by the way, that I know that we are just coming into summer when this is first being aired, but I always advise authors that if your book is really officially going to be ready in the fall, please put next year's copyright date on the book. So we're right now we're in 215. If it was September 215, I would not be putting 215. I would be putting 216 because you're talking about just a few months that that book's going to be fresh. And many times, especially in nonfiction books, people will go and they will look on the copyright page. When was this published? 215 could be January 215 or it could be December 215. So give yourself a little leeway. It's kind of norm in the business to do that. So that's part of the business, a little trick um, for the publishing in that. So your your front matter would be that. It could be uh, front matter could be a forward that's written by somebody. And then your title page, as I said, sometimes there's a half title page as well. Um, and, and then you go into sometimes the introduction included in the front matter. If there is an introduction, I'll just throw out a word of caution here. Too many times people are trying to get through books quickly and a, they skip over, you know, they'll scan real quick the uh, forward, um, maybe look who it's by, and then the introduction, and a lot of times they don't read it. And, you know, authors, especially in nonfiction, will put in a some meaty stuff, really important stuff that sets up the book. If that's what your introduction is all about, I'm going to suggest you make that chapter one and then go forward. 
um, in fiction, that would most likely be a prologue, and people will read the prologue because that is the setup. Your back matter is going to be about the author. It could be appendices. It could be index, um, how to get in touch with you, uh, that kind of thing. And, and I will say this about it, index, that for most nonfiction books, especially if your game plan is to get into a library, get an index in it. And there are people who just do indexes. Um, uh, and I, I wouldn't rely on Microsoft Word for this to do that for you. All right, layout. Big, huge mistake when you have line after 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 line, just text, just text. You need to break it up. Um, and I think it's good to look at the visuals of what the uh, magazines do. You, you look at columns in newspapers. They use call-outs, and they break them up that way so you can see them visually so much better um, on that. So you might want to do, to do a breakout, for example, if it's in, in nonfiction, you may want to create a call-out. Maybe you have something really juicy that was said, something really meaty, a nugget you want them you know, to ponder over, to pause over. Repeat it. Drop it in, whether you do it below or above. Just repeat it to the side. It'll give a visual break. You have to notify your designer this is repeat, so you're going to have to do uh, something in your manuscript to identify it, to call out. Um, when I work with my designers, I just tell all my authors, we just do start box, we put the text in what's going to be, and then inbox, then a space around it, and the designer knows every time he or she comes to this that it's going to be treated special. And the author and them decide what it's going to be, whether it's a pull quote, a sidebar, it could be a photo, it could be some kind of image, it could be an illustration, it could be a table, it could be a graph, it could be a cartoon, fill in the blank, but you would have those kind of things um, in there. And then another common mistake is that when there is a lot of information um, that you're trying to get out to uh, 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 your reader, that you might make it easier to do, to let them know what it's all about. So when I was involved in the design of a book that involved taxation, I actually came up with, why do we do what's inside the chapter? And we actually went to the head, the, the subheads, and we just repeated those in the page number on. So then when they were on the, the basic chapter of what the chapter was all about, they could see to the left what was on the on started on right side on the left they could see uh, with the image that we had what was inside it and it was a huge huge hit uh when we did that so just make that um a little bit easier uh your readers will like it a lot i promise you all right and then that one of the things that you want to think about is as i said about the author that goes in the back make sure that you have some information about you and include how they can get a hold of you uh i i like to see a picture to see who you are and then lastly, I think that you want to, uh, sometimes when you have pictures, whether it's a memoir, whether it's uh, fiction, I mean, we use images on our fiction books, on our openers, we'll pull, often we pull something from the cover and then use that as the list, the, the reader knows, okay, we're, we've got a, a break and we're doing that and it just adds a little bit more spice to it. And we put them on just the chapter pages 
um, on that. For example, on Pat Morgan's book that I worked on called The Concrete Killing Fields, which actually was about the homeless, that we have in the, in the beginning of the opening of the book that we have concrete, cracked concrete. And then when she is transitioned and, and became part of the Clinton administration, the first Clinton administration in Washington, D.C., that section opened up. Um, when we just had one page that there was writing um, on or in the opening chapter uh, that was – and it, we had a, a picture of a Washington, D.C. I, I think it was, it was a Washington monument. It ghosted. It was a ghosting. And then when we had a full-page spread, it included the Lincoln Memorial. And then when we had – that when, when she transitioned back to her home state of Memphis, that we went back and brought it back into that area. Uh, home state, that's a city, but <laughs> Tennessee. But it, it, it let the reader know that there was a transition going on. And again, she had got huge kudos from her readers uh, for that. So it, it makes sure that that you have someone who is really good, really good about knows interior design. And one of the things that I would recommend to you, because I we haven't really talked about how do you, how much time do you you put into selecting people, um, and how do you evaluate them? One of the credentials I've looked for, besides they've got references and they're good, um, and they get your book, and you 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 feel there's a chemistry connected. Because I think this is important. You know, development of book is a lot of work. That I want to have someone doing at least five years what they do. If they're an interior designer, by golly, I want them to be designing books for at least five years. I want them as a hobby. I, I, I would not be working with anyone who is a hobbyist, and there has never been a book that I have seen by the DIY crowd that I couldn't didn't scream out at me instantly, this was DIY, and you have to be very, very careful with that. Um, as you just you're you're getting you're going to get into trouble. Your graphic and interior designer sometimes it's going to be the same for the cover interior. Sometimes it will be somebody very different. But you want to make sure that they know what they're doing. So you want to make sure that they are experienced in whatever it is. Five years is what I would be going after. They need to have knowledge of Photoshop. They should whether they're going to be an InDesign or Quark Express. That's an Illustrator. All those are going to be components. They'll be working within. You want to see examples of their work and really look over, get references. Make sure you discuss rates beforehand. And please, 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 if you have illustrations, if you have artwork, if you have photography in there, you need to know what the cost of that input of that artwork. And understand this. If you change your mind, if you put, if you've got a chapter with ten pieces of, of photos, art in it, and you decide you want the tail end, the tail end move up the front, you are redesigning the whole chapter. You've got more costs. Get that up front. Don't be surprised. This is Judith Bryles. I'm your book shepherd. You're listening to Author You, your guide to book publishing, and we'll be right back. is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these
book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at My Book Shepherd and on Facebook at The Book Shepherd. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based eBooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, we are moving fast today. (laughs) I don't know where the time has gone. This is our last segment. So obviously I am going to be splitting this into two and run over into next week because there is so much to share from you from the Author You extravaganza. There was uh, amazing information, and I I guess I should let all of you know right now we have just put up the DVDs the video, the, there are CDs, you can get the audio on both a CD and flash drive. And all you have to do is uh, click, if you click on the event uh, tab on the authoru.org site, 
you will find a list to go over and get them, and there's discount for the whole packages. Um, and secondly, there is on the store tab. So I've got it duplicated there. I had the staff put those up so you could take advantage of it. But that uh, we're, we're, it's hard to believe we're coming into summer, although – as I said at the opening, we had a foot of snow, and I have five trees I've lost, <laughs> which doesn't make me happy, um, over the weekend and Mother's Day weekend, and that summer is coming up. This is a great time. People have uh, different things that the, the meetings are reduced, that it gives you time to start doing some video learning and workshops. And a couple of workshops that I would highly recommend would be uh, John Kramer did a wonderful one on Pinterest. I'll come back and talk about that next week. Um, that uh, Heather Lutze did a superb one, and I'll give some hot tips on that next week on findability. And how do you, how do you really, you know, from spying on your competition to the searchability that was it just was really excellent. We've had Joan uh, Stewart on many times on the show, and just the whole thing of claiming your expertise, which is really critical. And then some really good tips on re- moving into Amazon land and how to bait uh, Amazon at a lot of the things that uh, we authors need to learn how to do. And and how, how to maybe sometimes sidestep the robots, which, you know, I, I think sounds kind of exciting um, in the process <laughs> to be able to do that. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up that came up a lot at the extravaganza dealt with royalty-free images. Where do you go? How do you get them? Um, what should you be doing in that area? So I'm going to really reel off some websites that you can go to. Now, one of the things is very these, – these, this means royalty-free images. Uh, some are totally free. You don't have to pay for them. Some have a fee. Some could be a very small fee, less than a buck. Um, some could be much, much more. Understand this. But when I say royalty-free is once you have your mitts on it, uh, whether it's a free, totally free, or you had to pay a slight fee for it, it you don't have to pay anything else. So that's what royalty-free means, and do understand that. So you, you should never, please don't ever assume that your images that you find on, whether it's Google or Flickr, are free. You have to be tuned in to any copyright infringements. I know sometimes when I'm looking around for image ideas that when I pull up something on Google, it will, you know, I get told there, there, there could be copyright attached to it, and I just assume it on that. And if you go to something like Flickr, and that's F-L-I-C-K-R, F-L-I-C-K-R. If you go to something like Flickr, they've got all kinds of rights that range. So make sure that you, uh, if you uh, want to acquire one, that you're allowed to use the image before you do any downloading. And make sure that you download the right image because some have different use uh, allowances. So uh, you don't have to read the small print. It's all right there, but just make sure you do read it. Um, word to the wise. Now, with that said, let me give you some popular subscription sites that you can go to for royalty-free and rights-managed images. And one of the big ones out there is iStockPhoto.com. iStockPhoto.com. Um, Fotelia, which I kind of like, F O. T-O-L-I-A dot com. 
F-O-T-O-L-I-A.com. Fotelia has a wide range, and not many, at least that where I see the images. It's um, I don't see a lot of repetition there, and I just keep a little credit, 10, 20 bucks, and when I go in, you know, it's a dollar, and that's fine for me. There's another site called Think Stock Photos, and that's plural, thinkstockphotos.com. There's dreams, as in plural, dreamstime.com, shutterstock.com, stockfreeimages, plural, .com, stockfreeimages. There's the morguefile.com, as in the morgue, morguefile.com. And then we have canstock.com, Corbus Images, 123rf.com, bigstockphoto.com, openphoto.net, openphoto.net, unprofound.com, and pixelperfectdigital.com. Com. So there's, uh, you know, there's a good dozen that you could play around with. You can always go into Google and search and put a search in that royalty-free images. And then you can also put, if you put in free images, royalty-free images will come up, which also will have the fee ones. So um, you maybe you want to put in no-cost images uh, with that. Uh, to bring that about. So those are some of those little goodies to bring about as you do it. And then what I'd like to do also is just talk about just very briefly here that one of the things, Hunter Boyle was with us, and Hunter used to be the director of VP of Marketing for a Weber, has just recently retired. But he, he, one of the things he talked about is how important email marketing still was. So with our few minutes, let me just chat about that just a, a few minutes with you with that. And when you look at that on, on this, that you want to really look at that what readers are looking for is you've got to start with your site. So is it really easy to look at? Is it easy to see? Can they really understand what it's about? Um, and, and I would always recommend that on your website, you want to start, and I, I need to tell you about a freebie that I've just put up on the Book Shepherd website. But on your website, you have something that it would be enticing for them to get a freebie that has a value. It could be a cheat sheet on on something from your book. It could be a cheat sheet on the next book. It could be uh, maybe a, a free exclusive resource or a chapter that you want to give away. Um, it, it could be a report that you have, but something that they can opt into that all they have to do is put their email their name and their email in, and you capture it because what you want to do, what we came away with so strongly from the extravaganza is how imperative it is to keep building your lists. And I think a lot of us have gotten very lazy. So create an opt-in. And what I want, I have a new book that's coming out here in a week, and it's called The Crowdfunding Guide for Authors and Writers. And it's a short book. It's 96 pages, just just a total of 96 pages. So with that, 
um, you can you come in and you have that. And if you go to thebookshepherd.com and it says get free right under my banner with my picture, you'll see the author you book right underneath my banner. You'll see the cover of the crowdfunding book um, and it gets it. And what I'm giving away is all the timelines. And I'm going to do a whole show with you just on the timelines of crowdfunding because I have done several crowdfunding programs with authors all of which have been overfunded and successful, and we did have hiccups. Let me tell you, there were hiccups, but we learn along the way, and I'll get into some of those with you. So start with your site. Have something right on that homepage, on the upper half of your website. And by the way, make sure all of you are mobile-friendly. Google has started the slapdown, and you want to do that and take advantage um, of that. And then what you you want to start with your site, do that list building as it comes up, um, and you have that. And then what you want to do is you you want to go into the the next uh, arena. Then would be the whole area of your your giveaway, and then that how you tie it in with your blog, and you build it that way. And your blogging is going to be the whole arena of how you bring that back. You has to be totally accessible. If it's not working, you're in trouble. That's part of your your action plan, and you're always looking for really good opportunities in there but number one build that list build it up on your website get an opt-in page that will uh, give it away for your your people that they can really understand what you have um, and what you're about and have it with no strings attached just the email that's all you want and that now one of the things and uh, we will talk at some time about um, drip campaigns so that once they go in so what are you going to do with these people well you want to stay connected so maybe in a week you just send them a little little tip, no strings attached. And another week, another little tip, no strings attached. And and I would do three or four, and then you bring it into play, and you have a um, you can maybe have a product sale. So with that, we're going to kind of sign off here. But I wanted you to keep writing, and want to tell you that if you're in Colorado in July, I'm going to be delivering how to write a book in four weeks. If you're interested, it's all on the BookShepherd.com website. Just look under events. This is Judith Bryles. Remind you to keep writing. Keep publishing. Remember, it's always a business. We'll see you next week. part of your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles each week a variety